Hello. How are you doing? So we're going to talk about doing. <laughs> um, motor function, motor planning. Okay. So motor function, and I put a dictionary uh, description in the podcast notes. So motor function is a basic understanding of movement, how to do things. We'll talk a bit about that. Then the next step up the hierarchy, so to speak, motor planning is the ability of the brain to plan ahead. Not just understanding of how to do it right now, but to plan ahead and do unfamiliar things. Maybe do two or three or four things at a time. Um, if you're carrying seven things in your hands and you need to put them in seven, diff seven different places, and so as you make your lap through your office or through your home or through the store, you pick them up or put them back, and so you're planning, you're not maybe exactly sure where they need to go or what you need to pick up next, but you've got a general idea and your brain is working ahead on doing unfamiliar things. It's a somewhat similar in education. We talk about near transfer and far transfer of knowledge. Near transfer is really similar. You learn this and then you just move over one desk and you do it again. So in a way, that's somewhat similar to motor function. It's just a basic understanding of how to do things. Nothing new, nothing particularly taxing, just how do you do it? Then far transfer is, let's say you're doing something in the classroom and then you go out into the world and you do a very different variation of that, but you had to plan ahead. You had to understand, okay, this is not familiar. How am I going to make that happen? How do I adapt? How do I be flexible? How do I be creative even? So if that helps as an analogy. Alrighty, so I've gone through some of... Um, workshop notes and photographs, and I've picked out maybe too many <laughs> um, uh, graphics to, to talk about tonight. Uh, so first, let's spend just a moment on motor function. And you can see, a, it's kind of a flowchart, when we're talking about a child first being born, the gross motor, let's say that's their legs. They're finally learning how to stand up, and they're finally learning how to do things with their legs. Then as it progresses, that knowledge, and that the reason you see that arrow is that it's not a absolute crisp, one day you're doing gross motor and the next day, oh man, I got mastery of fine motor. It's not, it's kind of commingled there for a while. But you do have to have the fundamental of the gross motor to be able to then eventually move into doing something with your fingers. So if we're talking therapy, physical therapy is like your, your legs, your walking, your balance. Occupational therapy would be that fine motor. And unless my kid could do a nice two-footed launch, which I'm sure I've talked about that already, um, then I, I, if, they, if he cannot do that, and I talked about how we built up that skill, then how could I expect him to bead or to write or to do things meaningful with his fingers? Um, the fundamentals, the foundation isn't there yet. And then as the progression, as the flowchart moves on, then eventually we can start to get some mastery of oral motor or the trigeminal system will settle down and they can have manipulation of the tongue and, and say words, want to brush their teeth, um, want to get their hair cut, uh, be able to properly use their, all the muscles in the tongue to not only to articulate, but to swallow. And anyway, oral motor, trigeminal, the, the 
um, we've talked about that too. So, so just a basic flow chart there. Now that picture that you see of, of John, <laughs> not that that's anything big deal to you all, but that was actually his first ever grilled cheese sandwich. I'm not sure of that age, but that was at a restaurant and you can see the waitress standing in the back. Um, that was a big deal to order a grilled cheese and not only just to order it, but to actually put it in his mouth right? Because that's all part of that oral defensiveness. Anyway, so a little bit there about motor function. So we have gross motor, fine motor, oral motor, and um, how do they work and how do they fit together and how do they progress? So if we don't have moving forward on that continuum, if we don't have a midline crossover, if we don't have a child moving around, well, then we're going to get stuck, all right? Okay, next slide. So here's some examples, <laughs> and you'll have to forgive me. I got a lot of John Planking. So we've done martial arts for so many years, and it's been, um, we started with Taekwondo. We've done Brazilian Jitsu. We've done Karate. We've done variations. We've been through a number of studios. Uh, sometimes we have the same people in our lives, and sometimes not, not but the, the executive functioning challenges, the benefits, the auditory processing, the, um, the listening, the modeling, uh, the neurotypical, the high sensory environment, the um, matching the, uh, I tell him, watch the teacher match the kids. And then the speed, and then the core strength, and then the fluidness of the motor function of the muscle memory of the form of the be it comfortable in your own skin the sensory integration I just could never say enough good things about martial arts so if you can fit that into your world and you can find an economical plan um, we've actually uh, well, there, there's just no substitute for it all right so and an, and what's a beautiful piece has come out of this and I know I've talked about this before is that when I need a physical redirect for him let's say he's stemming and right now John with all this homeschooling stuff because of the coronavirus um, and he wants to get mom's goat man all he has to do is start start squawking and it's you know just it's like fingers on a blackboard right um, and, and the windows are open and people can hear and we do have a small village that's kind of inside in and out of our house so my words don't, uh, my words are like gasoline on the fire. And so all I have to do now is just say, do you want to do your work or do you want to plank? Or I'll just start making little hash marks, you know, like one, two, three, four, and then a slash, the five to count. I'll just come up and put a little pad of paper next to him if he's making a bad choice. And I won't say a word, but I'll just put a little mark, a tick mark. That's one minute of planking, dude. And usually it definitely gets his attention. So he, this is these are different days, same room in our house. Now, one thing he'll do, you see that one with the green shirt, he's kind of up against the couch, which is cheating, right? He's got better form because, you know, all of this is core. If, if you have ever done planking, you know that that's a challenge to your core. Your head is supposed to be straight out. Your back is straight. And so it's kind of like push-ups, but, well, planking, you can look it up. So uh, the, uh, the form when he's leaning up against it is cheating. And what I have evolved to is that I've let him be in charge of the timer. We use his phone. One um, minute of planking for each infraction. For uh, I let him count backwards from 100 as well as use the timer. If he needs to take a pause or if he's leaning up against something to cheat or if his knees touch the floor, whatever it is that bre breaks the stance, I tell him pause. And then when he's ready to resume, resume. 
And so then he'll work back, he'll work through his timer, you know, if it's three minutes, five minutes. And then another way he can do it is the, uh, the, uh, the processing of the number. So he'll count backwards from 100 for each minute. I can hear him do that. I, can, I have stood over him like a slave driver, but then that just makes me hostage and makes me talk too much and nag too much. And I just hate that. So I decided that I'm, I, I tell him, you're on the honor system. If you need to take a break, pause. Then resume. And you need to be honorable. You need, need to get, you get to practice making good choices. Okay. So that's, that's something about planking. And that's definitely motor planning, which is, so maybe motor function, motor planning. It's not like he's doing anything extraordinarily new or trying to plan ahead, but this is a good foundation because you're working on, on your Pilates, on your core strength, on the ability to, um, balance and, um, uh, um, muscle tone, right? If you, your kiddos have some mitochondrial issues or you yourself are a little weak in your muscle tone, a little too much sitting around and eating stuff. Uh, how, what was it that we've heard? The quarantine 15. <laughs> anyway, planking is awesome for everybody. And I have gotten down there on the floor and planked with him. Okay, next one. So we, this is occupational therapy. And one of the exercises that Ability and Beyond, Dr. Tina, had us had him do now, this is coming across on Zoom. So mom is there as a helper. I, I don't hover. I'm in the next room trying to do my own stuff, but I am there on call. And so those are his little faces. She, she wanted, wanted to take a sheet of paper and then tear it into four pieces. So we're folding and then folding it back the other way and pinching it, folding, pinching, folding, pinching. And then we fold it the other way. So you've got four quadrants. And eventually those become four sheets of paper that are torn. And the point there is that you can do a bilateral with your upper body. One hand's pinching and the other hand is pulling or the other hand, one hand is holding and the other one is tearing. So your, your two hands are doing something different. So that's basically like bilateral if you're um, east and west, right? If you're looking at your, your that way. Okay, um... So then coloring <laughs> uh, is not his forte. And he has done some, um, he'll get by the, with the least amount. He actually started coloring on the, on the back sides of these. But since we're watching and then I'm helping, so we're trying to then get everything inside the circle. And with some modeling and with some help, it's not too bad. But he's 13 years old. He's never enjoyed coloring. Maybe that is still ahead of us developmentally. But, um, so if your kids like to color, that is fantastic. See how well they can stick to the, to the outline because that involves nuance of motor control, right? Okay. And then here's some other, these are pictures of a obstacle course we set up recently with uh, a, a family of kiddos that came over uh, that, who are in our village. So it was less than 10 in the house. Um, upstairs. We brought all of the swimming pool buoyancy toys, an extra air mattress, all the bean bags, all the pillows, a couple of boxes, anything that we could find. And then the kids designed this obstacle course at the request of our occupational therapist with Ability and Beyond, Dr. Tina again. And then the kids designed it and then they took turns going through it. So I did take some video and there's a Facebook post or two with moving pictures of all of this. The funny one is the, the, the 
air yoga there, right? So he's trying to work through that uh, um, overhead hammock. It's therapy quality. I bought it on eBay and I hired a contractor to put it in the ceiling at 1,400 pounds of weight. So it's not going to, it's the second one. The first one actually did fall out, but it was a different structure. That is a great sling uh, for sensory integration, um, uh, pulling in tight, uh, you know, just that uh, feeling of being uh, grounded. I'll have to show you some more pictures. In Facebook, I got a lot of pictures of him in there, uh, kind of hiding like a great big chrysalis inside of a cocoon. All right, so here he's doing some crawling through. That's what the kids decided they were going to do. So that's a great thing to have in the house. Uh, wasn't that expensive? 80 bucks from uh, eBay plus whatever the cost was to hang the hook in the ceiling. You do want a reliable person to hang that, so you got to hit the rafter. The bottom of the three pictures are the kids crawling through this cardboard box that was actually flat, and then we just popped it out to make it more square, a long square. And then the kids had to crawl through that. You can see John. That's Those are his feet sticking out. And the challenge there was they had to get it opened up again and then crawl through. So a lot of different types of motor planning, balance, uh, pacing. Um, so this is like uh, uneven terrain. Why we're supposed to jog on uh, grass or not just flat concrete, right? Because our muscles and brain get much better of a workout when it's an uneven and the body is constantly trying to work on its balance instead of just everything's flat concrete. And so the brain's not thinking much and the body's not working much and the muscles are doing the least amount. Okay, let's go on to the next one. More, okay, chores. Oh, chores, baby. So this would definitely be planted ahead of what what might be unfamiliar. And also very good for the future, right? So here is executive functioning also. Um, so his laundry, right? And it's, uh, it's now all his clothes are upstairs and he sleeps upstairs. So whenever he needs to work on his laundry, mom's not rescuing anymore. So he has to bring all that stuff down. And then we got to try to sort light and dark and then into the washing machine. And then you set all the controls. Um, today he uh, dropped the car, the whole container of concentrated um, uh, laundry soap. <laughs> so we had to clean all that up and put that in on top. He really likes to push the buttons and start the thing, but we're trying to figure, um, he's trying to learn a full load or not a full load, put some in, wait, look ahead. Is it time to take it out, the, out of the washing machine, put it in the dryer? So we have all of these little pieces of the process. It's not just get the dirty clothes down into the floor of the laundry room. It's all the other pieces that go with it. The planning ahead. The, is this thing wet? Is this thing clean? Is this thing dry? Where does it go next? Do, do the colors match? And then he's got to crawl down inside. It, his arms are not as long as mine. So he's kind of, you know, head down, bottom up to get all the stuff out of the bottom of the, of the, the washing bin and then shove them into the dryer. And then on we go. So there's motor planning and executive functioning and extra thinking because now you've got state of being different, right? Clean, wet, dry. All right, then we did some uh, car washing here, and that's an old oven mitt. Worked out pretty nifty and definitely crossing midline there. Uh, we ha he had The kids had buckets of water, soapy water, rags, some mitts. There were other kids. It was turned into a really nice little social event. I double-checked. We did the tops, the windows, rinsed, did the glass again. And he took joy in it, but it wouldn't have been the same if it had been just mother and I. So 
kids, peer modeling. And then they, we had some nice music going on, some rock and roll kind of stuff. And it was a beautiful day and the kids were really all into it. So crossing midline there. And that was a joyful thing. He chose that. He wanted to. He actually uh, crawled out of the pool to go and participate with that. Doing dishes. Okay, so that's a kid chore. And uh, not so much putting the dirties in, um, but definitely taking the cleans out. And they get to collaborate. I will go through if it's like a really dangerous stick knife, I'll get that out of there. But for the most part, it's their job to match. Match anything, find out where it is, match the lid to the bottom of the container, match the silverware to the other silverware in that, that little piece of the box. So um, stacking that, bending down, crossing over, motor planning, um, where does this go? What's this thing called? So there's some unknown, some planning ahead in all of this. And, and not just picking up one thing, taking it, putting it in the cupboard, coming back, getting one more thing, putting it back. The idea of grouping, right? Planning ahead. All right, so these kind of all match. These are all bowls. They need to be put together, and then I can climb up and put them here. Oh, cups. They go somewhere else. Can I get two or three cups, mugs? And then, so we're talking about similar items, planning ahead. There's a little bit of motor uh, executive functioning to that kind of stuff too. All right, the next one, cutting our food, eating, and then the famous four finger grip, five finger grip, I think. Let's talk about food first. All right, so if your kid is 13 and still hasn't mastered cutting with a knife and a fork, you are not alone. Um, we haven't gotten into really, um, uh, what's the right word, hard to process foods that fight back. We're still cutting through pancakes, um, French toast, scrambled eggs, things that uh, are, you can kind of wallow to death <laughs> if you had to. We've been at this for years. I'm not getting in there anymore, you know. I'm not even, well, every once in a while I will help him make that peanut butter sandwich if for some reason I'm trying to be good and help him stay on task. But really for the most part, what you see there on the left, you know, that's his best shot at a peanut butter sandwich. Frequently our bre his breakfast, but it's got the protein and he's working on the, not only the motor function, but then, um, let's see, two different slices of bread. Where does the peanut butter go? It's got to go out to the edge. Um, then I got to put these pieces together. They look different. So there's a bit of planning of, you know, not just doing, but thinking ahead, if, if you will. All right, now let's take a look at dysgraphia staring at us. So you see that watch he's wearing? That's actually an Android, um, not an Apple smartwatch. It's an Android $40 thingy that I got that syncs with his, um, uh, his phone, which he uses as much as possible. And he's actually better on that watch than I am. He can use it for timing, set the alarm, heart rate, all those kind of Fitbit functions. Um, so that's useful. In the not so well, yeah, there's some motor planning to that, right? Because you got to press the little button and move stuff around, and then the executive functioning, the planning ahead. Uh, let's see, time of uh, 15 minutes, uh, set the alarm, I got to be back in time for the next thing. So, time awareness and a tiny bit of, of motor planning, but um, uh, that's more just trying to manipulate those little buttons. Swiping, which is uh, I, he's better on that watch than I am. And then the pencil stuff. All right. So, yes, we have the grip and every OT that's been in our life since 
kindergarten at public school. Prior to that even, we've had OT uh, occupational therapists, the best one since John was two, diagnosed. And he's nearly 14 now, 13 and a half. And we have worked on, with every grip, every little appliance there is. And I swear, he's got this strange kind of, that's a five-finger discount right there. <laughs> You've heard that, right? Five-finger discounts when you steal something. <laughs> that's a five-finger grip. Um, and at least we're going straight across. Now, what he also will do in trying to motor plan the spatial uh, room for the letters, if he gets, if he writes too big, if his motor planning, motor function is kind of sloppy and he, and he doesn't have enough real estate, then he's going to start stacking them up at the end, um, which isn't too pretty. Sometimes we erase that, or sometimes he just takes a, a 90 degree turn and keeps on writing. Uh, I've, I've actually done that myself in the past, so... Um, what can I say? Uh, we're trying to work on penmanship. And then can you read it back? Uh, spelling test. That's a spelling test for the Texas Reading Institute, the Woodlands, that he's working on right there. We do two hours with them per week. Uh, we're decoding, word, uh, tearing words apart, putting them together, word building, syllables, phonetic awareness, most reliable sounds, um, unfair words, um, Retelling the story, um, cr critical thinking, um, all of that, and so he get, part of, of of that dys dyslexia. You get to work on the dysgraphia at the same time. Wahoo! And oh yeah, we got it. So anyway, that's all motor planning to make sure you don't run out of room on the line, right? And then upper and below. So if you have descending letters with the little tail that hangs down below the line or above or caps or not caps. So that actually fits into motor planning too. Now, to some kids, writing is not motor planning. They're not thinking about it. It just flows. Well, pat yourself on the back if that's your kid. <laughs> uh, don't come live at my house, okay? <laughs> All right, now the next one. Flip to the vacuum cleaner cord. Oh, dear God. So this last, um, uh, with, with this uh, COVID-19 stuff, we're doing our own cleaning. Sunday seems to be the day after we do our online church. And we've got, uh, the, now the rug you see him working on is his because it's got the stripes. And even with the stripes, he veers off. And, and then look how he motor plans the cord around his, you know, try not to trip over the cord, try not to run the head of the vacuum cleaner over the cord. And we practice this every weekend, every Sunday. And then the whole adventure of unwrapping the cord, plugging it in, using it, Moving it back and forth, up and down the stripes, not just vacuuming all of the, 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 the wool away from one stripe. It's like, dude, you got to move this thing around. And I've tried analogies of lawnmowers and painting a canvas and all kinds of things to try to... So now we're at the, the point of he goes up, he goes down, he lifts it, he plops it down. He goes up, he goes... Well, you know, out and back and then lift and reposition. 
So that's kind of this awkwardness, but um, I'm trying to take pictures here. And in this particular part is when we're wrapping the cord back up again and it requires some tension. You know how that is, right? You got one side attached and the other side's long and floppy. Well, he kind of gets mixed up on which part of the cord to start with and looping it around. And then we do hand over hand. And then maybe we, we do a figure eight, the infinity sign on the when we're putting it on those two little end posts. Or maybe it's just round and round and round and round. Um, he, he lets go of the tension and it falls off. And so we have to start over. So it's a very purposeful um, motor planning every week. He's getting better at it. That's awesome. So try that. And it builds in chores and he may not, your kid may not realize that you're also working on very good occupational therapy, motor planning, motor function, and even executive, um, executive functioning plans. All right. Now, this is a little bit more on the actual function in between the two chord adventures. So you see there where ideally, and, and I don't know, that's just my thought that if nothing else worked and you could stick to the stripes, does that help make logical sense to understand how to do this? But then he resents me and like, go away, mom, I'm going to do this myself. And then I'm going to have a bald carpet, you know, in one, one swath. So he tolerates me to some degree, but I do try to back up, back off. So you might see there as kind of time elapse of out on a stripe, back on a stripe, then lift it up and reposition. If he couldn't sometimes learn to kind of wallow it over without having to actually lift it up, you know how you can do that? You pivot, right? So if you're moving a vacuum cleaner, you're probably pretty slick at it yourself, right? And you've seen those beautiful patterns that um, it looks like somebody mowed the grass, right? It's a great way for kids to do the chores. We Then we clean out the nasty bag and I say, look, this is all the stuff that we took out. This is the dust and the dog hair and the the, the mess that was inside the rug. So we even work on the, the getting the dust out of there and pouring it into the trash and getting rid of it. So vacuuming, there's a lot of good motor planning. Yeah, for sure, function, but planning, especially for our kids who are like, what's a midline crossover? What's a move it over kind of thing? How do, you mean a flow where it just kind of gradually moves over and I'm covering everything and I'm not leaving stuff undone. I'm not leaving dirty little stripes, you know, alternatingly down the, the carpet. So anyway, see what you think. Try this at home. All right. <laughs> so here's our motor planning project today. Um, he loves the dog. Uh, we, he and Spike have a love-hate relationship. But he wants the dog to sleep with him in his room on the floor over in the corner. So you know what the bag is for, right? If you take your dog out on the leash, um, then the neighbors expect you to clean up the pooper. And our dog's going to let it rip. He gets, you know, five feet away from the house. He's going to manufacture something to come out. I know that. He pees along every place he can, just trying to leave his mark on the world. Thank you, Spike. So we've been practicing. John takes the bag with him. It comes back empty. And I just know the dog did his business. They were gone for 45 minutes. And so then I had to ask him, did Spike go poop? And we have this, the Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition. And then I finally figure out, okay, you know where it is. Let's go get it. So then we take off down the road. I don't even, I'm barely dressed. I just got out of the shower and it's like, all right, fine. I got to strike while the iron is hot. I just hope nobody looks at me. I'll keep my head down. And then eventually we get down past the stop sign, hang a right, 
And then we're looking around for dog poop and we find some old stuff kind of fossilized that probably isn't today's. And then we find some that's been a little sun baked. So, okay, that could be what we, so we picked that up using the plastic bag. We put both of our hands, his, one of his and one of mine inside the plastic bag. You pick it up and then you, you pull it through, right? And then the plastic bag, then all of a sudden you, you, you haven't touched the poop, but now all of a sudden the, the poop's on the inside and then you can tie the knot and you carry it home. Well, um, he's yet to do that all on his own, but he did then, we got back to the house and then he's got to get it in the trash can. So all of this, oh, <laughs> then I tell him, so he, he decides he's not going to put it in the, in the trash can. It's the next time I see that bag, it's in the house on the kitchen table, in that bag on the kitchen table. And so he's got to wash his hands, take off his shoes. They got mud on him. Take off his socks because he starts the journey wearing his white socks. So I make him go back and get the shoes. Then I make him go. Then we got to take the bag. He carries the bag with him, comes back empty. So now we got to take, leave the dog, get the cannolis, bring the bag, find the poop, get the poop in the bag, bring all that home. He's supposed to walk to the back of the house, put that in the trash can. But no, 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 no. Because somehow he's getting in his head, wash hands, uh, motor planning, right? Executive functioning. Let's see. Um, she said, what did mom say? Dad gummit, mom. Socks off, shoes off, wash your hands, put the dog in the back, something else, something else. And then here's the poop and the poop goes in the trash can. But he gets it all mixed up. So it's on the kitchen table. So then we have to, then I'm, we're working on, we reduce it to like one thing at a time. And it takes us five, 10 minutes to get the hands washed, the poop in the right place, the socks in the right place, and the shoes in the right place. And by then, all the good, happy warmth of having achieved a nice dog walk and been independent and come back, you know, with the rosy glow is kind of just down the toilet because we had to have plastic bag wars. We had to have motor planning wars to finally get to a spot where our hands are fairly sanitized, the shoes, you know, well, you know how all that is. You have this at your house too. So it was kind of a, I don't know. I thought it would be a funny picture, uh, a silly story to share, but just the idea of like, shit, I got five things to do, mom. Will you just make up your mind? Tell me one at a time. I don't need, I don't need all five at once. I'm going to get, I'm going to get four and six and five and three and one and four all mixed up. And yep, you know what that is? Motor planning. So there you go. Motor planning. Something else to practice. Oh, I guess that's the last picture I have for tonight. Alrighty. So if there's anything else about motor planning, these are just a few examples. We could go on, but it's time for you to go do something else. I'm quite sure. I always appreciate your time. If you have some ideas, please send them in. Um, uh, this really is just the, the, the tip of the iceberg. I'm trying to give you a little bit of theory and a lot of examples. So then you can think for your child, depending on their strengths, where they are, meet them where they are, where, where they want to go, what, is their, what are their motivators, what are their abilities, what do they want to be able to manage in their life. So for independence, there has to be an awful lot of motor planning, right? Because you want them to be able to buy their food and keep the place neat and keep the laundry in the right place, dress, look quasi-decent when you go out. And so... There's, there's no such thing as starting too early, okay? So my kid's 13, going on 14. And yes, we're in that, you know, that, tr that classic transition age, you know, when the school districts start throwing at you job applications for sack and groceries. And I don't always fall for that or go for that because 
we're, we got a higher plane of expectation. I want him to, to be able to think his way out of a paper bag. And I want him to get the dog poop in the right place and know how to care for the animal and, 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 and look into the future. I don't mean just motor function. No, man, I want you to motor plan to the exemplary degree. I want you to have executive functioning so you can look forward and plan your life and make something out of your life that you want and not just held to just barely getting by. So as you help your kid with the motor function, fine and dandy, but strive for more. Strive for a real stretch of the imagination with motor planning of so how do you think we would do this? And here's a, here's a toolbox full of tools. What could we do with these tools, right? And so the world's filled with things that you can practice motor planning with. Think about how that works, okay? Alrighty, thank you so much for your time.